0: Welcome to the IndieCast, the most consistently awesome podcast covering the independent wrestling scene and pop culture craziness for over three years.
1: Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. We have a full staff here. Uh, I'm, of course, Zach Romero. Joining me, Luna, Chad Allen, Shelley Allen, and our first guest of Season 4 of the IndieCast, it's sort of a uh, we're kind of bringing it full circle here. Mm-hmm. This was uh, yeah, this was a guest back in season one. I think it was our sixth guest officially, and boy, oh boy, did we rip a lot off of that one <laughs> episode. And we really coast on that and yeah. build an entire company out of that yes. episode. Well, you know, do we do we owe him like money for for that? Hopefully <laughs> I not.
2: i am say, <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure I I I owe him Chad. Yeah. on that. <laughs> Whoa, buddy. <laughs> Ladies and
1: gentlemen. Welcoming back to the IndieCast, the Cobra Supernova, the Venomous and Vile, Serpent of the Nile, Ophidian. Uh, let me
0: help you with that. Oh. Oh.
1: I am the Venomous and Vile, Master
3: of Snake Style, the Cobra
0: Supernova, Ophidian. Cobra Supernova might be my new favorite one, by the way. Well, it's
1: it's a kick-ass name, and it's also probably an alternate name for a band from, like, the early 90s. I'm sure there was a band trying out Cobra Supernova, and they are like, this will never work, it was Pearl first, Jam it is. It was the
2: first name for Jefferson Starship, actually. Oh, actually,
1: yeah. oh good to know. Fun
0: fact. Fun fact. <laughs> and Jefferson Starship reference, by the way. Very <laughs> nice. So...
3: After uh, today's episode, they can been ad also still awaiting royalty checks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, there's, okay, so there's a, the mail, there's a video you of
1: know the story behind this, about I, What we're we, talking about right well, now. I'm so. saying we, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on air, so we can. This is a good time yeah. to do it. So, so before, let's take you in the way back. Yeah, so
0: three back, years ago. So, we are getting ready to interview one Mr. Ophidian for our uh, for our like like I said, like our sixth show or something like that. And he lets us know before we get out of the legitimately just before we hit record um, and I'll have you do the invitation, because
1: you remember so, exactly what he said. Yeah, so we, we ask Ophidian, like we do all of our guests, to kind of t- mm-hmm. look behind the curtain here if there's anything that we don't want to talk about and things like that.
2: Well, so as a precursor, we've actually done our homework. This was back in the day when we, like, prepped for shows. <laughs> so, like, we have all kinds of questions, and about Shakara, and yeah. I have, like, 50 questions just about my Quackenbush. and, like, you know, we go well, through the Well, that part whole, hasn't changed. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> we go through the whole, like, yeah, we are so ready for this. Yeah,
1: we have the encyclopedia on Ophidian yeah. the Cobra. I hit, a
0: pay- I hit back and front,
1: out questions for that. We all didn't do our shoot jobs that day and just wrote down things about
0: Ophidian. (laughs) Probably true. Should
1: have all been fired that day. But anyways, and so we ask Ophidian if there's anything that we want uh, want to avoid and Ophidian responds with, well, you should know I'm fully gimmicked. And we all look at each other and go, what the hell is oh, he talking about? Whatever. And we all, but none of us are adult enough to go, excuse me, Mr. Ophidian, we don't know what you mean by that. So we just say, sure, yeah, uh-huh. no, that's great. No problem. We start recording. We ask about, uh, you where know, where Ophidian from. came from, and we got this, like, unbelievable PowerPoint presentation on time travel from ancient Egypt, and we <laughs> threw away our sheet yeah. and our material. <laughs> And because of that, we've that stuck with us ever since. And so, when Luna and I were deciding to start a merchandise company, we decided that uh, that was what we were going to specialize in. And so, the the company fully gimmicked was born. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if, now, thanks to Chad's Big Mouth, we owe Fidian some money. So, and if you fiddle d d, and if you listen to that episode, by the way, you
0: can indeed hear. One of us crumpling up our piece of paper for questions <laughs> and throwing it behind us. Yeah. Cause
1: we were screwed from and that now, point on. So Four years later, Ophidian is like king of wrestling and king of snakes. And mm-hmm. we're making shirts in our tiny house in Spring Hill. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. Good times. So thank you. Well,
3: uh, I'm glad to have such a part, of such a huge part in the rich history. <laughs> oh. Fully gimmicked and everything involved around it.
1: Yeah, They're, just a giant sheet cake of success for all of us. That's that's what it comes a down giant to. sheet cake? Now I want a sheet cake. <laughs> uh, with, like, Ophidian's face on it. Now, one thing that I do want to mention... Um, well, first of all, what are we doing? We're, we, we have a whole system built now yeah, that no. we're supposed to be uh, starting off now with. Now we so, get off the rails? Right, so now... No, now we're getting back on the rails. Now rail. it's on the rails. So, uh, Ophidian, now just a sort of a general introduction to maybe anybody who's not uh, familiar with your work yet... Uh, we've got a new thing uh, that we're doing called uh, the Lightning Round. <laughs> I really need a soundboard because that lightning bolt still sounds like a bobcat. Also, anyway, the
2: Bobcat Round. Right. So,
1: uh, so we're going to ask you some rapid-fire questions here. Feel free to answer them um, as quickly as as you as you see fit, and
3: uh, or not, or, oh, not.
1: or or more accurately, probably not very very quickly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's how we're going to officially start this interview. I guess we'll say. Yeah.
2: This gets to be the time where um, me or and or Luna get to talk, because the guys... <laughs> get to talk,
1: yes. by the way. Get to yeah. get to, uh, Chad and I, we hold them down. <laughs> they got they both have these soliloquies and monologues to give. We just, nope, hold them it's down. Shakespeare
0: Shakespearean otherwise. Mm-mm. Well, like, have, Not on my
1: lightning
2: round questions are usually a paragraph anyway, so... Mm. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> Let's all begin. It. Yeah, Okay. Well, for those who might not know, uh, who trained you, and where and when did you?
3: Date oh, you? this is
0: the question that started it. <laughs>
2: well, so uh, many many years ago,
3: in 71 BC. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, uh, so I began my career in uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, in the ECW arena at the Jakara Wrestle Factory. At the time, the Wrestle Factory was placed in the uh, ECW arena, and it was run by Mike Quackenbush and Chris Hero, who is now Cassius Ono in NXT. Um, and then it continued under... Uh, Claudio Casanulli, who's now Cesaro and Sarah Del Rey, who's now Sarah Amato, which is, who is the assistant head coach at NXT and uh, periodically we would bring in for months at a time El Pandera uh, from uh, CMML fame and uh, S- Jorge Skyder Rivera from Triple A, who also ran the torium gym, which was Ultimo Dragon School in Mexico. So I was
1: lucky <laughs> enough to train under those five extremely skilled and very talented performers.
3: Um, there's I I could not have asked for a better start in professional wrestling under those five. Uh as well as continued training, you know, around the world. Um, I made my official debut in Indiana at X C W Mitch Ryder's wrestling promotion in uh June fifth of uh two thousand and seven. My very first match I was also it was my very first injury. I was a concussed by two tough to, uh, No, I mean not necessarily his fault, I was you know, very young and you know, live. Uh
1: he uh knocks me out with his front flip top rope leg drop. Yeah, that'll oh. that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too tough, Tony. Good and yet he he that first match concussion, he was like, No, I'm still in on this. I'm, I'm still back. into this. Yeah. All right, so lightning round question number two. <laughs>
2: okay. Well, what is your first wrestling memory as a child? As Way a, back. As
1: a baby snake.
2: Mm-hmm. Way back. Oh man. Uh do you want, like, the legit very first one or the one that gave me chill? Like, that first one that was like, oh, crap,
0: this is professional wrestling? Like, this is what I get to, to, to watch on a weekly basis? I think the whole I, crap know, one. Know, like, yeah.
2: The Sorry, O-Face so. one. We're with the O-Face yeah. one. <laughs>
3: um, I was confused a bit as a child when Undertaker went from purple to gray. And, uh, you know, I didn't necessarily understand as, as a young kid what it meant for Ted DiBiase to have his own Undertaker that was separate from the main canon Undertaker. And uh, that moment at SummerSlam when Taker went face to face with Taker, I was, I remember running laps around my cousin's house in just pure joy and excitement that there was multiple Undertakers in the ring. And the build up to that even like uh, all, all the uh, all the stuff that was happening um, to them, building up to that match, and then the final the face off was just glorious. I don't think I actually watched that. Then I watched the match as a kid, because was too busy running laps and doing cartwheels <laughs> in the living room. That, uh, <laughs> I just remember the face off and do not remember any of the match.
1: <laughs> I was saying that's. I think pop culturally, I think everyone else is basically in the same boat. Like everybody remembers the looking at each other and one Undertaker being slightly taller and then no one actually really remembers how that match goes. <laughs> uh, the match itself isn't like an
3: iconic classic match. It's just something that doesn't happen in professional wrestling, you know, like to have a doppelganger. That is, I mean, Undertaker's a hard man to replicate, to get somebody that's even close enough to his size and shape, you know, and, uh, and look, it was, it's amazing that they found another, um, you know, a doppelganger to, to put into that role as a fake Undertaker.
1: And I think that it also helped that there was a story around that, as opposed yeah. to fake Diesel and fake Razor Ramon, where the story <laughs> was, shut up, they're totally the real guys. That's not a really great, like, compelling narrative. Um, whereas the just went from not having tattoos to a full arm sleeve of tattoos. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. I read something very interesting about that Taker versus Taker match recently. Do you know who did the, the tattoo? Because Brian Lee, the one who played the other Undertaker, doesn't have, the like, the tattoos that, that the, original, the real Taker does. Do you know who put those tattoos on him? Because they were drawn on. Please tell me Tom Savini did. Like, I know that's not it, but,
2: man, I that I be, be the greatest thing ever.
1: So hard.
2: No, I... Oh, I
0: was out
1: of nowhere. Yeah, I was, like, definitely updating the Wikipedia to say Tom Savini now.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they were uh, doing them in the back, and they weren't getting them quite right. Jerry the King Lawler grabbed oh, markers and did them. That was going to be my guess, because he's,
1: like, an illustrator.
0: Jerry Lawler did. it. I thought that was very that, interesting. That, that absolutely makes the most sense. There's nobody right. more uh, skilled for that
1: time.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Other than Tom
1: Savini. Right. Tom Savini. I'll say Jerry Lawler makes the most sense. Tom Savini, much more interesting story. True. So. <laughs> what year would have that been? Would, it, would, he, would he have been uh, pausing on the Night of the Living Dead remake? Be like, I gotta go. I gotta go draw tattoos on a wrestler. I'll be right back. <laughs> How
2: long can it take?
0: Exactly. exactly. Right.
1: <laughs> Look, I, they're, they're overnighting me, red-eyeing me to, to SummerSlam, to, <laughs> to tattoo The Undertaker. To and doodle. I, uh,
0: no, no, I want to watch that match again. Right?
1: I, I, they're the red eye me to doodle with Sharpie on a muscly man. No, I'll right. be back. I'll be back for filming. That's first like it's like Luna's dream job. That's right? true. <laughs> Just the red bat phone rings. Like you got to doodle some people. Like I'll be there. In the I'm a Doodle master. You, oh, oh my. Anyway. what's the
0: <laughs> big,
1: big... Big bong.
2: <laughs> You're the one who said I had to go doodle people. I'm really good at yeah.
0: it.
1: I thought that was gonna I mean... fly on the radar. Now, <laughs> now, doodle professional is gonna have to be like yeah. on a shirt or something. Doodle master. Doodle I master. Yeah.
2: I don't know how I follow that up. No, with, but, with the next question. Oh my god. Um, so, who on the indie scene um, have you not wrestled that you would like to?
3: That's a. Uh, uh, so I was. uh... Recently I took some time off in the independent scene and I'm glad that I did. Uh I to take some time off when I was pretty banged up and I was starting closet champion and forming a company and doing all that. And in that time that I stopped kind of taking outside bookings, only performing with Jakara for that, you know, about a year and a half or so. Uh so much quality talent showed up on the scene. Like it's I mean the Indies have been a a, a almost uh, more so than the wwe or the things that revolved around it and uh i i have a couple of different um on this chris brooks out of the uk and travis banks are two guys that i really want to uh to do battle with out in the uk um in, in in the states uh desmond xavier uh shane strickland which surprisingly i've never worked shane despite the fact that we were in this in similar circles for quite some time um All well, four of those guys are guys that I definitely want to get my hands on in a wrestling ring. Um, I think I can make Chris Brooks happen relatively soon on my next tour in the UK. I hope somebody listening will make that happen. Um, <laughs>
0: we'll well, uh,
3: there's, there's so much more than just them. No, I mean, it would be doing a discredit to, to say that there are just tons and tons of talent that I haven't wrestled yet. I mean, there's some that I'd love to revisit. Like uh, my battle with Sammy Callahan back mm. in like 2010. I think I think it was 2010, early 2009, um, was great, but that was you know seven years ago, and for us to get back into the room together now, you know we would have be playing for a ball game. So I've got a lot of situations like that as well, and I'd love to revisit some matches that older me would be more appreciative of.
1: Well, I also like the idea that like Ofiti is just this giant. <laughs> Gatekeeper of independent wrestling, and as soon as he like left his post, all these other wrestlers came in because like oh the coast is clear, and they all come in, and all these talent pools start to develop. I'm uh, I'm I'm
2: no uh, I just Alba, but I'll help guard the, uh, <laughs> the gates.
1: Although interestingly enough, if you want to get to his place in Philly, you have to go on a rainbow road. So same. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That was just for me and Ophidian. Everyone else who's never seen a goddamn Thor movie, <laughs> like, I guess I've seen you the
2: know. Movie I mean, off, like in Mario Kart, no, like no, it's a
1: rainbow road to get to Asgard. Yeah, no, and the, actually, and the funny, the funny a part is, they're
2: Thank actually you. if you do
0: go into certain sections of Philly, actually, because Shelly and I went to Philly for our anniversary they do have some roads because rainbows. they do have a very uh, a very heavy gay district in that area that are painted as rainbows. So I was
2: like, oh. are you being legit? Like, I didn't know if you were actually being like, legit because there were actual rainbows in right. different no,
0: parts of Philly. We thought you were, like, giving directions on how to get to a video time. Yeah, so. I'm just
1: going to put him on blast and just yeah. say if anyone wants to start stalking him, here's where you go. Uh, well,
0: funny enough, I
3: lived in that part of Philly for years uh, before I... Uh... I lived at 50 you know, Spruce, which is right on yeah. the outskirts of what was considered the good school neighborhood. And that whole area is, as you said, just uh, all the street signs of rainbows. I lived just about a block or two away. I was at the end of the rainbow, if you will. Uh, <laughs> just <laughs> like I just saw Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> there you right go. He that. says it.
1: It's funny. I say it. Everyone just stares at me. <laughs> <laughs> That's how, how the show works. Understand. I understand how it's funny. You know. so. um,
2: okay. And if you have to choose. Is it video games or board games, and which one is your favorite?
3: That's not even an option yeah. <laughs> I, I don't love board games, but I'm, I, I'm a electronic gamer, you know, to the core. Um, I, if I'm not playing, currently not playing Pokemon, you know, Sun, I'm playing Mass Effect Andromeda, or I'm on my phone, you know, uh, playing either... Uh, Currently, it's a Dragon Ball Z, the Boosaga from the GBA, um, or sometimes, uh, depending on how I'm feeling at the moment, I'll switch to uh, the um, Legend of Dragoon, um, both of which I play on my
1: iPhone. Well, I was going to say, Luna threw her hands in the air when you said uh, Pokemon Sun, because she plays Pokemon Moon. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Everybody I know got
0: Sun. I don't know why.
1: No, you're uh, just uh, well, I had
3: actually...
0: legit.
2: Yeah. it's the only way to make tough. It's decisions. a great way to
0: make tough decisions.
2: It
1: is. Now, uh, I actually have uh, a question. If oh no, there's I definitely asked that one.
2: I will ask that one. Do you want to jump in? No, no, no. Do you I'll, need to I'll
1: jump mine in after my that. Crash
2: lightning round? Is that yeah. what's happening? <sighs> yeah, don't crash the poor lady's lightning round. No, here's the thing.
1: <laughs> Again, just like we hold them down so they're not allowed to talk, we point only to Shelly like. And here's your cue, and she goes, ugh, okay, and asks a question. I go, I have a question, and she's like, this is my goddamn time to shine, trying to interrupt, so I apologize, I'm wrong on both fronts, please ask your question. By the way, that
0: ugh that uck is the sound effect of our marriage as a whole, right oh, there. That's the <laughs> <a> show, <It's laughs> that's show. all the
1: time, right. <laughs> It's fifty percent.
0: The
3: next question, please tell me, how do we take down the patriarchy that exists in
0: the Fight uh, the, <laughs> 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 <like> the patriarchy <laughs> of the IndyCast. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, there is one. You shave? <laughs> I think you have to shave our beards. We're yeah, uh, sure, we're very yeah. much like
1: uh, like Samson in that okay. instance. Uh, what's your next question, honey?
2: Well, on that tough manly note, thanks, Chad. <laughs> uh, i like you uh,
1: mansplaining her about I this know. <laughs> uh,
2: What was the last movie that made you cry?
3: Uh, um, uh, Apollo was very sad. Um, uh, I I'm, I love, I'm a deep, deep, deep lover. Like, I mean, like, down to the core of my heart, just it, my loins are froth, frothed, frothed, <laughs> rocking movies. Please,
0: please put a blanket bing bong over the following <laughs> statement. <laughs> Ha ha ha
1: What
3: you did there. There are movies movie that I've <laughs> cried out of joy. Um, I love, uh, love a good B horror movie. Um, there have been some decent ones recently. Uh, but uh, I would say Apollo's probably
1: the.
0: And we'll, yeah, Apollo's it. And we'll get on those horror movies with, right. the, with the patriarchy takes back over the right. show. Well, I was going to ask,
1: uh, in, <laughs> the future, in the future, in the future, if we don't want to corner our guests into... Uh, shedding their masculine shells we can always update the question to what was the last movie to make you cry or make your loins froth <laughs>
2: that's true
0: I like so.
1: the <laughs> by the way uh, Lloyd frothing why is that not on the show yeah. Yeah. the cockles of your
3: soul <laughs> oh,
1: I thought he was going somewhere else with that yeah. uh, <laughs> but now we have to ask a question to Ophidian that we asked of Mr. <coughs> Eddie Kingston when he was on the oh, show oh, Ophidian God. what is my question <laughs> You can get that one in. You can (laughs) Don't nudge me like you're my coach. Like, hey, you like that one, kid? (laughs) Mr. Ophidian has... I'm sorry. Please, Ophidian, Ophidian, please answer her filthy question, what does my quackabush smell like? It actually
3: smells very good. Um, My neck is always, always clean and uh, full of deodorants. And, like, he's, he's amazing full of
1: and,
3: uh, it's great like I have to lock up with him very often um, because you know I, I teach at the Wrestle Factory
0: and uh, so there are you know classes I spend with him uh, being an assistant
3: and uh, it, he smells great I'm always in holds I'm always in tight and his armpits and his elbow pits
2: <laughs> uh,
3: and his knee pits and
2: uh, all they smells all of the pits that's amazing well, thank you and I
1: was going to say in canon she's not wrong, I'm pretty sure we asked Eddie Kingston that as well. So I, I, I do believe actually we asked Mike about that no, question as that well. So. This show, really progressive. But the other question I was gonna ask Ophidian was for him to please uh, take a moment and rank the Rocky movies from best to worst in your opinion. Uh, so I think
3: well it's people will always argue that like one is absolutely a classic. One is, without a doubt, um, a a movie that um, helped progress that genre of Ford and made Sylvester Stallone a star, without a doubt. Um, And the movies that followed, you know, uh, that he directed and uh, had a bigger hand in, not that they went down in quality, but they definitely became more of a... uh, They became a little more campy. Um, and I appreciate that. I love camp. So, like, my love of the, the movies, like Rocky IV, to me, is, while not the greatest movie, is probably the best Rocky movie. Just from the death of Apollo, you know, the rise of, of Drago, and the, then the, the, the movie, mo- the fight scene montages, like, the, the, the training montages are so good. They're quality. Net. He's running in the tundra in Russia.
1: Say, and, uh, may well. may have just pulled a, a muscle in my neck from agreeing <laughs> so vehemently with Ophidian here. Everything he's saying, one hundred percent correct.
3: Uh, their stories are just so good in that, and so compelling. Uh, I, I I say this line to uh, Kate uh, very often, it's such a dumb line, It's a throwaway line. I think in the movie in, in Balboa, but it's when uh, uh they're at the restaurant the Rocky owns, and the line is like a, you know what's so special about Mexicans? Making Italian food, and uh, I jokingly say that to Kate because. Uh, she tries to make Spanish food because I'm, I'm of Hispanic descent, and uh, she's very white.
0: It's <laughs> <So laughs> very this, white. No
3: <laughs> uh, she is she is the most white human. Not um, <laughs> uh, mean, like actual skin, she's very pale, and uh, not like she was pale, like not like I'd be in the moonlight, but she's got some color to her.
0: She's a she's not um, a vampire. We don't right, have to so, worry about anything like that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
3: I would say that and then I mean, Rocky 2 great Rocky 5 is definitely at the bottom of the list yeah uh, I mean that's just there's we're not gonna say anything more about Rocky 5 yeah if this... we bring attention to it then it's uh, we are trying to
0: sources for our on great guys yeah is there anybody that's that... Rocky
3: 6 or
0: 5 is there anybody that doesn't think Rocky 5 is the worst I mean that's the one with like uh, we Tommy's, almost Tommy we, the Machine Gun. Yeah, right? yeah. We
1: almost ended a friendship because somebody had gotten the movies confused, and we were going down the list. And when we got to Rocky Three, our buddy was like, "Oh, arguably the worst in the series." And we were like, "Are you high? Yeah, Mr. <laughs> T? Like, come on!" And then he thought the fifth one was the third one, and so ah. then that that friendship was saved. Yeah. however, Rocky Three did give in us
0: Thunderlips.
1: That's true. In the flesh, action. baby, baby. Mm-hmm.
0: There, I wonder if that's the first use of the word of the of, the, of, the phrase, uh, of,
1: of baby spelled with two Y's. Right, uh, possibly.
0: Does, does Adam Cole owe Hulk Hogan some uh, some money for? Well, uh, we'll we'll all tie into the same
1: court case. Yeah, yeah. of uh, <laughs> Ophidian and Adam Cole versus Fully Gimmicked and Hulk Hogan for royalties. Can we book that for way way like? Around.
0: Can we book that for like a WrestleMania weekend type of thing? I would prefer like.
1: we didn't. <laughs> um, this so is, You can
3: film a wrestler's court episode of...
1: Uh, oh, that's true. Ass. That's true. Right. Say, <laughs> so what's Undertaker doing now? Nothing. He can be judged. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, he's, just, he's just chilling. I'm right. saying
2: I think he has a good look now. He's, he's currently filming the sequel
1: to Suburban Commando. Oh, thank Amazing. God. The long-awaited Suburban Commando. There's so many segment. unanswered questions in the first one.
2: I really thought he was going to be a, the Marine. Because, you know...
1: Why they do a now? swerve and it's like an undead marine. Like he should just stick with that gimmick. Zombie marine. Yeah, exactly. Like everyone would go see that. So uh, my replacement question for the uh, the lightning round is uh, Kurt Russell or Bruce Campbell?
3: Why would you do this to me?
1: That's <laughs> what I thought. That's why he did it. It's exactly oh, why. Man, I, I have to. I mean, Bruce Campbell uh, holds a special place in
3: all of our hearts. But like he's the, he's the, uh, he's the dude you know, like you know, you hang out with, but you don't tell your other friends that you hung out with them. You know, like he's a great guy to hang out with. Like, oh yeah, that dude's cool, but you're not you know, secretly
1: hanging out with Bruce Campbell. You really want to hang out with Kurt Russell because he makes you look way cooler. Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, you might end up, you know, escaping from New York. <laughs> you might end up, you know, in the, in the tundra battling the thing. Um, you could get lost in Little China um, with them, you know. Like, I want that. I want that relationship. That's what I want. <laughs> I want the story that Kurt Russell will uh, will give me. Um, you don't get that from Bruce Campbell.
1: I was going to um, say, uh, so we need to commission Buckshot to do uh, like a comic book of Ophidian and. Kurt Russell in various adventures. That would be amazing. Right. So.
2: He would get a kick out of that.
1: Right. Well, he did, I would oh, say Buckshot did the animated episode of Ophidian from our show, sure. so he's already, he's <laughs> but, already I mean, familiar. He's also designed t-shirts for me now. That's true. Oh, yeah. So he's familiar with the man, <laughs> and, and the snake man and, and his style. Um, so I uh, promise, you know, I pinky... I mean, I'm not done talking about Kurt Russell here. Uh, I love
3: <laughs> Kurt Russell movies. I think Kurt Russell John Carpenter uh, had a special relationship like there's there, the stuff they put out was next level um, you know film uh, as far as like in, in my mind like what what helped push quality junk food entertainment forward you know what i mean like his his movies are called classics we all remember them they all they all have quality moments like you can think of uh, scenes you know scenes if you watch Kurt russell movies if you watch john carpenter films you know scenes from the thing you know scenes from big trouble little china you know the scenes from escape from new york and escape from la even though that was in the 90s and bruce campbell's in that as well um you know like you can recall scenes that happened in, in all of those films and uh I can't think. I can't think of many directors. I can name every single movie they've done. They know how to craft iconic moments, and with the right actors, like a Kurt Russell, um, he helps. You know, he helps add to those iconic scenes and, uh, in a way that most actors will never be able to do.
1: Well, and and A, 100% agree. B. As much as I want to just make this, we're not talking about wrestling this episode, we're only going to talk about movies, I have like a bunch of questions about movies I want to ask, uh, because Ophidian and his lovely wife have been on an episode of The Final 30, and they reviewed a very, very shitty movie uh, for my, uh, my lovely little YouTube channel, but since the last time Ophidian's been on the show, he is head snake in charge now.
0: At the uh, Chikara Hsic. By the yeah. way, head snake and church wife. That not on Sure it could be. So. Uh,
1: at the uh, Chikara Russell Factory. Now he is one of the head trainers there, which a lot of responsibility because you know he's crafting the next generation of Chikara wrestlers. Other huge responsibility, as he named at the beginning of the episode. Everyone else who's been a trainer there has to go work NXT so Ophidian's going to have to go work NXT soon right. so that's going to be a responsibility on its own it's uh I have some large shoes to fill uh
3: there's no replacing you know uh, Claudio Castagnoli there's no replacing or Chris Hero um they are big entities unto themselves and uh all I can do is hopefully continue to have a worldwide name like they did while they were you know trainers and coming up through the ranks of the same way I am um and uh spending time the
0: world in, in their, like there's no I'm, I'm lucky
3: enough and I, I can't say lucky that's the way to put it I've worked very hard to do the you know, other steps you know travel all that. I've before, you know, South America and Chile and Mexico and you know uh, overseas and Wales and Channel Islands and Chicago
1: Well, and and the other thing about that I wanted to ask was, now that you're focusing so much time on training, how does that differ, how is that better, how is that worse from getting to tour just as an independent wrestler? for it, um for the art and because of it i was just going to say what's the biggest thing that you've had to what what i'm trying to figure out what to word this what's the what stands out to you most when you're training new people like what's the biggest thing you're having to get them to overcome
3: Say this to every class that I start every new class that starts we run like a tiered system that um runs like a seven week program to see if you want to try professional wrestling or just give it a shot for a few weeks just for the fun of it you know the people in our tiered program aren't necessarily training to become pro wrestlers but it's a great way for them to see if they would like to become a pro wrestler or just to say that they've had the experience so it's like a seven week program 250 bucks uh, seven courses over seven weeks um At the beginning of each one of these classes, uh, I say to the uh, students, uh, don't be afraid to fail. There there are things you're gonna be bad at. I know that, Um, and I expect all of you to fail at some point uh, trying out some of these movements that you've never even attempted or you don't even know that you can attempt. Um, I just ask that you do try and not be afraid to fail these movements and Uh, that, I think that's the biggest thing for people to overcome is the fear of failure while attempting anything, even as simple as like a a wrist lock sometimes because the fear of failing in front of a group of people, uh, can be so embarrassing on something that feels so, uh, easy because professional wrestlers make it look so easy. You know, they make it look so, um, mundane to put on a wrist lock or to lock up or to take a bump even, um. It's just the thing that they do. And uh, that that is without a doubt the biggest uh, killer of confidence of that a failure to fail. Or that that uh, fear of failure.
0: Very nice. And I can see how that would definitely be a thing, especially if you're coming into such a you know, physical sport you I mean, especially with injuries like, like he even had said, talk about how he had gotten a concussion on his first match out. Mm-hmm. Like for a lot of people that would be the stopping point right there. It's like I've gone through all this and the first thing I did was get injured and it's, you know, kind of trying to work through that. Here goes Uh, a here goes a story. This is my this is the first month of training for me.
3: We're learning what we call banderas, which is when you charge at somebody in the turnbuckle, they bend down and they pop you from in the ring to the apron while they're standing in the turnbuckle uh you might have heard hogan on call it the duck and boost on that celebrity championship wrestling show uh when he was training the celebrities like screech to wrestle uh but uh we call it bandera lucha and again this is my first month of training and uh cesaro is the one posted in the turnbuckle uh giving us the banderas. So running before me was lince dorado uh charged full speed and again this is 11 years ago so we're both a lot lighter a lot smaller
1: <laughs> um, and uh cesaro doesn't didn't know his own strength
3: then and gives a band there to lince dorado and lince 450s to the floor oh. hits his head on the ground and kind of like then you can see the scrapes on his head from hitting the concrete floor at the, at the ecw arena oh and i'm next up after him <laughs> uh he has got a good 20 25 pounds on me uh all right and uh i run full speed just like he did i get popped and i do a flip over the turnbuckle and my body lands on the post behind
2: uh Ooh. the
3: turnbuckle there the, you know the, the oh, no. uh and I ripped open my leg and had uh, what looks like now like a Nike symbol uh, scarred on my leg. It took fifteen, took three doctors and fifteen staples to close the hole in my leg. Oh my uh, that was the first month of training, and I still came back for more.
1: So at that point, the concussion was nothing. That's yeah, right so the person. concussion was after. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. at that point, he's like, uh, "What is there going to be a, a an Adidas scar after this? No, then I'm right. fine. I'll be right. fine. Thank you."
0: So I didn't know. I myself
3: open I hit the post I fall to the floor because I held onto the ropes and I my butt hit the apron and I stand down on the floor and I'm like cool I made it I survived <laughs> and uh my Quackitbush walks over to the ropes looks down at me and goes uh you might want to you might want to go to the hospital now uh just very <laughs> casually just said that to me and I looked down I was like oh my leg is a hole in it and I'm bleeding <laughs> uh and I get to the hospital and I get a text message uh a few hours later, from Claudio, saying that there's my hair and skin uh, stuck on the post. Uh, I should come back and clean it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. After you get 15 staples, do you mind coming back and doing some some grunt work? Yeah, right could, you, could you hit that with some Spit and span after yeah. that,
1: if you wouldn't mind, you get some Kaboom out and, uh, and spray that <laughs> off, plate. Well, I hope that uh, I hope that Cesaro now has like a a small. Uh, shadow box with your skin and hair in it. Oh, As just no, sort of I... like, uh, oh, those were the days. Has it on his little wall. And also part of Lince's skull, apparently. Yeah, well, you, you know. know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most people don't know this, but uh, uh, Lince and Amasis and myself
3: all went to school together. We all grew up. Uh, we, uh, we all.
0: You, mentioning Lindsay Dorado, you just hit me with something here that I have not thought of, and we actually... Not the, thought of it in
1: three years. In three years. The last time you were on, you made some reference... To to a night involving you, it was a show involving you, Lince Dorado, and... Amasis, I think. Amasis, and Chicken Wire. And you refused to get into any more detail about it, and you told us to ask Lindsay about it. And we did... And he knew what we were talking about, but he also refused to give any kind of explanation or details about it. So, um,
3: yeah, there's some stories that are better left between us for the moment. And so we're old men, and, and the, uh, we're building the, uh, the we're building up the story here. And when it comes out, you guys are all gonna be happy that we waited to tell you. <laughs> but I still can't, I can't go to the... We have lots of stories I grew up,
1: uh, we all grew up together and we're all a bunch of idiots. Uh,
3: So we've got plenty of stories. Um, We're
1: not idiots, Uh, uh, it's a bit harsh. I feel like Uh, that, no, I feel like that's going to be the name of like, you know, the, uh, like the eventual Lince Dorado, former Chikara years DVD will be like, we all grew up together, we were all a bunch of idiots. And it'll just be like a picture of all of you in like a big group shot, like, yeah. And it'll just be terrifying road stories and chicken wire.
3: Too much detail if I say that's no, not what you have me on the podcast for, but uh, we all backyarded together. We all, uh, I've known Amasis since elementary school. like We grew up, like, that's how long Amasis and I've been together. And uh, Link said Dorado, we met him, you know, at age 13, and he had the Grim Reaper flag tattooed on his arm uh, at like 13, 14 years old. We all thought he was in a gang. And, uh, when you know when you've got this young kid show up with this giant Puerto Rican, you know, Green Reaper draped in a Puerto Rican flag, and you're like, well, we can't say no to this kid, so we guess we'll let him in our backyard <laughs> fed.
2: That kid's scary.
3: We'll let him in.
1: Like, uh, well, he, a he's in the group. B he's officially the bouncer. Right. Because holy shit, <laughs> he has a tattoo. Yeah. At that age, it's like, yeah, of course, this is the most badass kid we know. Um. Yeah, no kidding. If if they make a uh, a version of like the Bad News Bears, but it's just about wrestling, like he'll be the kid who comes in on like the moped, and everyone's like, oh, like I think you, have, I think you have a movie idea there. Yeah, already. I think I think I'm definitely uh, stealing yet another idea from Ophidian. And <laughs> right. We'll have to de- add that to the list of royalties we owe him. Um, so speaking of other projects that you're involved with that may or may not involve chicken wire. Uh, you are a host of your very own Bouncing Baby podcast uh Bumping Grind With a uh, Miss Kate Nix um, Yes Let's talk a little bit about life with a podcast um, <laughs> And what a shit show that can yeah. <laughs> be <laughs> Speaking from personal experience Oh man So uh, you uh,
3: asked me This is going back to pulling the You know Pulling back the curtain a bit Uh asked me a bit before the show started about what may be off limits and uh, what I expressed to you was that my life is a lot more open uh, from being a trainer and then running the Patreon of the podcast with Kate Um, I'm not as fully gimmicked if you will as I used to be and I find that and I I need to rephrase that uh, because it's not that I'm not as fully gimmick because I'm still am the venomous and vile like right? master snake style uh, it's that the I've grown as a character and as a performer I've lived as this as a fitting now for over a decade and my growth has taken form in various things like training and and becoming a part of social media with, uh, you know, podcasting and and, and doing ring shape and and creating content in that way. And uh, I'm having a blast doing it. I'm having a blast living mass in public because Ophidian itself isn't so much a character for me as it is me. I am genuinely uh, Ophidian. Uh, You're not going to find anything in the world. Uh, You're not going to find any... Photos of me exposed, or, or you know, just hanging out in the background unmasked. Like I go to Kate shows masked. I've filmed a podcast masked. I'm masked right now um, doing this because you're speaking to a and, and uh, doing the podcast is uh, uh, to me actualize those thoughts and those feelings that I. This is genuinely who I am, and this is what I'm the. What I'm giving out to the world is uh, genuinely me. There are people that right now, the professional wrestling, it's cool to have the uh, no gimmicks needed or the, like, I'm just me. Like, no, I, I, am, I am me. Uh, this isn't a character that I'm necessarily putting on. I am genuinely uh, Ophidian, and the podcast helped me get to that point. It's helped me actualize all that.
1: Well, I think the number one thing we can take away from that is that Ophidian said the phrase, I'm not as fully gimmicked, which means royalties are off. We're good. (laughs) Don't owe him anything. Uh, Thank God. But uh, recently on Bump and Grind, Ophidian's podcast, um, he and Kate got into some really serious talk about their lives and and about mental health and things like that. And that's just sort of, I even went on Twitter and was like blowing it up. Like, this is amazing because it really was. But their shows in general are fantastic. Their whole Patreon program not only showcases a more behind-the-scenes look of what they do with Closet Champion, which is their company, but just in general, just life of performers and life of artists. And very... It's... When they release a show, it's like a slice-of-life film that doesn't suck. It's not a boring documentary. It's it's a little slice of, of what they're going through at that time. And... Um, it's it's definitely That's worth your time things, I so far, uh, is,
3: um taxes but the struggle that is for two people that have had no experience doing that, have had to learn that and teach that to themselves to actually, you know, again all the way to creating the art that we create on a weekly basis, performing, you know, burlesque or pro wrestling. Um and how they how they're the same how they're one in the same um, because burlesque and pro wrestling share a ton of similarities.
1: Well, in fact, before we get to any sort of final questions or anything like that, I want to sort of do an expanded version of "Get Your Shit In," which we do have permission from Brian Cage to use that. We, we do. don't owe him royalties. <laughs> I feel like we have to cover our ass now every ten yeah. minutes. We got our permission. Um, but do do sort of an extended version of "Get Your Shit In." So, Ophidian, um, to find more regular content from you, people can find your Patreon or your podcast. Correct.
3: Yes, uh you can visit our calls Patreon, patron.com/causeatchampion. champion is ever evolving. Um we're learning every day how to create and craft better content um and where you know new stuff will be on there all the time. It's, it's still ever growing. Um you can also find our podcasts on iTunes and SoundCloud and listen bump and grind is the podcast. Um your uh, biweekly discussion about what it takes to be a working class artist.
1: And so so that's the non-specifically wrestling type right. shit that he's getting in. Um, let's yes. talk a little bit about actual wrestling shit to get in. So you have um, actually quite a few shows happening this month in May. Um, yes. Let's go down those real quick if we can. Um, so we talked about... I talked a little bit earlier,
3: I took uh, an aside from harassing for a bit to kind of build and create Closet Champion and to uh, learn, learn this craft. So now, now that I've done that, I'm full on back on the road uh, and uh, touring as, as much as I can. Uh, May 6th, which is this weekend, May 7th, I'll be at Jakara, up to I pay-per-views. It's May 6th is Jakara uh, Infinite Gauntlet. It is the 33 main, over-the-top, pinfaller submission battle royal. Uh, our third annual one and it's going to be live on ipay-per-view on on may 7th it's the walter weight wrestling ipay-per-view on fight tv fight.tv or on the fight app uh that's a company that is designed around all of the competitors being under 185 pounds we are all walter weights and uh, it's uh It's a great concept, it's going to be a ton of fun, there's going to be a ton of action and and things that you've probably never seen before in a show like this, because you've got all competitors that are a similar shape and size, and that uh, are going to do some things that will absolutely blow your mind, and I'm mad excited for that in Cleveland, Ohio. I cannot stress enough how much fun uh, the welterweight pay-per-view is going to be. I'm beyond ecstatic to be a part of that show. and then beyond that, on May 20th, I'll be hosting a seminar, as well as performing on two shows that day. Um, one with Brawl USA, and and that's where the seminar is going to be at. And then later in the evening, I'll be with Ignite. Um, both of which are going to have, uh, both of which are going to be great shows, without a doubt. Uh, I get to battle an old friend, Aaron Epic.
1: Well, I was going to say, uh, he's got he's got the potential in both those shows to leave with much heavier bags. Because yes. in the Brawl show, he's fighting Aaron Epic for the Brawl USA world title. And the Ignite show, he's in a four-way. It's uh, Ophidian, Aaron Epic, John Cruz, and Jason Cade for Ignite's world title. Right. So potentially, the Snake Man could leave Florida with two championship belts. To add well, uh, on the wall.
3: I, I said this to Aaron Epic. Uh, he's put on a lot of weight recently, and I would <laughs> love to help him lose it <laughs> on May twentieth.
1: <20th. laughs> oh. uh, that's a burn. That's a burn. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you
3: know, guys, talking about his belts.
1: Oh oh
0: oh oh. oh, oh uh, he
2: just won three titles.
3: No, well
0: yeah. You know. so, and actually, you know, one one thing I'm interested, I, I'm kind of interested because you are doing, like you said, you are doing a seminar while you're up here or while you're down here. I guess down here, we're yeah. down in Florida. Um, with, I mean, obviously you're you're looking for trained wrestlers who are coming in to kind of you know hone their craft a little bit or anything like that. Would would that be anything that you would recommend for somebody that's that's looking more just to kind of see the backstage of it, get into like the you know like a managing side or referee side, or it would uh, it be mostly just the wrestling? A lot of my uh um,
3: a lot of my seminars. Major section in it about navigating the world as uh, as your character, as what you perform under, and that's always a huge part of what I do. Not just navigating pro wrestling, because uh, I can't necessarily tell you how to best do your character in front of an audience. Right, that has to come out naturally to an extent, but I can talk about best practices with being genuine to yourself and genuine to your brand on social media and things related to that and how to craft a world, you know, essentially world building with who you are and I think that's beneficial to not just uh, performers but to anybody that's involved in any type of entertainment. Um, It's something that uh, Kate and I discuss a lot even on Bump and Grind and uh, there's,
1: you know, uh, there's a huge part of my seminars, that dive into that. I think that's
3: beneficial whether you're a referee, a manager, a wrestler as we're all a part of the show and you
1: know you just got my 20 bucks right exactly uh, <laughs> so uh Welterweight Brawl USA Ignite any other shows this month
3: uh as far as um May goes I mean I'll be back in uh Chakarra at the end of May as well because runs multiple weekends in a month uh in Hellotown Pennsylvania on May 26th or 27th I can't remember off the top of my head it's one of those two days uh, I think it's the 26th and uh, after that I'm preparing for a tour of Europe where I'll be in England Denmark Italy and uh, Portugal doing seminars and shows with Southside uh, Wrestling uh, with PCW with Fight Club
1: uh, with Body Slam and with CTW very cool
2: awesome
1: he's a globetrotting Snake man, I try. So uh should we? Uh, I'm a snake man. <laughs> dun, dun. Yeah, I'm a snake man. Is that part
2: of the song? <laughs> <Right Yeah. now. laughs>
1: That's his number one rule. If you can make your care you don't know that your character is decent unless you can somehow do a parody of Billy Gunn's theme song to it. If you can, then you know you got a winner. That's. That's the number one rule.
0: You know, I'm also wondering since he has to, you know, obviously fly all over these places. I wonder if he's ever been on the plane with Samuel L. Jackson at the Don't, same time.
1: Don't. Why? No? Why? No. you got to be like that. Uh, I'll see myself out. I, I, do get, I do get asked often how do I get away with wearing my mask
3: at airports and things and be masked in public at airports. And I'm a very crafty and cunning snake.
1: I just imagine it's a lot of TSA people who end up getting, like, green misted. That's right. And things like that. Like, they get get hit with the cobra mist. Uh, I distract
3: them with with shiny objects and run past
1: them. Uh, Oh, that. That's also good. Uh, Please, government... uh, Is is that good for our government? (laughs) I was going to say, government watch list, please don't listen to this episode. Right. Um, (laughs) Anywho, so, uh, since this is season four, and we're sort of uh, rebooting the series a little Mm -hmm. bit, uh, bit. we get to uh, debut again the famous two IndyCast questions, uh, and so... I'm going to pause you real quick before you get to those.
0: Have we ever asked them the other famous IndyCast question? Because I don't think that question was... I don't think it was in in existence yet.
1: So if you want to start with that, I'm gonna Oh, no,
0: I'm going to let my lovely wife ask that question,
1: because she loves this question so much.
2: I do love this question so much, because our house is divided about it. So when you are driving, you're making those road trips... uh, the Cobra Supernova is hungry. He needs to pull off and and get some refreshments.
0: Maybe a mouse. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't no. know.
2: Um, does he pull off and see the shining lights of sheets, or is it Wawa? Uh,
3: in most cases, when it comes to food, um, quantity over quality. In most cases, and sheets provide you quantity but the quality is so subpar in a sheet that I'll never disrespect
1: Wawa and eat in a sheet. Thank you, you Damn beautiful it. cobra man. Damn it. Mm. All right. The old switcheroo. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I celebrated
0: too early. I that was your mistake. Ce- I wasted a celebration pose at the end there. Okay. <laughs> so, <All right>. He's
2: <laughs> on the right like side. A pro wrestler.
0: I swerved yeah. you. Yeah, that's
1: true. <laughs> he did. He gave you the snake swerve. So. Um, all right, so oh, that's yeah, the
3: snake swerve. That's <laughs>
1: We'll, we'll put that you, on a shirt as well. Yeah. Uh, see what you did there. So, uh, so uh, question number one. Now, and, and Ophidian, we have great memories here at the IndyCast. So, if you try to answer the same way, we're going to call you on that shit. So, I
0: mean, go, it's the answer, if it's the same answer. It's the same.
1: No. It's a new generation. So, we, it's... <laughs> it's, it, been,
2: it's been years. He, exactly. It's upgraded.
1: So, uh, unfortunately, in the beautiful performance art that we all love called professional wrestling, we lose a lot of talent early. And so uh, we here at the IndyCast want to know, Ophidian, if you could work with any wrestler who is no longer alive, if you could punch a ghost in the face, what wrestler would that be and why? Well, all right.
3: Let's do.
1: Go on. You, you heard it here, exclusively on the IndieCast, a man who has genuinely built his career, is working as head trainer of the Chikara Russell Factory, owns his own company, entrepreneur, world traveler, would throw it all away to be a minion of Rita Repulsa and beat up the Black Power Ranger. There you go. Would throw it all away for that. For glory. Someone don't tell Sue Young that. That's true. We now can... we'll pay her royalties. That's anyway, uh, question number two. We here at the Indycast believe that every animal in nature are given certain evolutionary traits to ensure its survival. For instance, giraffes have long necks, rhinos horns, etc., etc. Our belief here is that human beings as an animal, their evolutionary trait is their ability to use tools. So, Ophidi the Cobra, if you could fight another animal, <laughs> what would it be and what weapon do you use?
3: to be visited Denmark. I would love to battle Reptilicus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that there can be oh, when I arrive, arrive in, in Denmark, there can
3: be only one.
0: That's true. Only one serpent. And what, and what weapon does he use though to fight Reptilicus? <sighs> uh,
3: what weapon do I use? I would use the weapon that uh, um, that was used in Honey. I, I, I blow up the kids. Um, <laughs> Because that's absolutely a weapon, guys. It's technology. Yeah. I can use
1: it so I can morph to the size of Reptilicus and we can battle it out, you know, fist to thin. Fish to, fist to wobbly neck. <laughs> fist to <laughs> fish so, yeah, wire to, neck. To buried
3: that puppeted strings. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Well, um, before before we say uh, goodbye to our esteemed guest of Season 4, I actually have a bonus question that I'm hoping will also... Put Ophidian in a difficult position. Okay. Ophidian, like the, like the back of a Volkswagen. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Ben Affleck. You're welcome. Um, so, Ophidian the Cobra. At the end of John Carpenter's The Thing. Who is infected? Ooh. Keith, David, or Kurt Russell? Big
2: question. Hmm. So, uh, the the right answer is both of them.
1: Oh, ho,
2: ho, ho. oh, he's smarter than you. Uh, he snake swerved me too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and,
1: I mean, I say this out of, out of all genuineness. Like,
3: the, 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 I think that they both are, and that is the the, the beauty behind that is that. Uh, uh you, one. I mean, obviously, we'll, we'll never know for sure. Which is, um. It's, it's it's fun not not exp- like not knowing what that definite answer is like right? that, that 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 ending being the way that it is. Um, but I certainly think that it being it, like uh it possibly being one or the other means they both are. Um, yeah,
0: I genuinely believe
1: that. think he just hit me with like a riddle, like there was like a haiku <laughs> at the end there. So the end of that movie is like Schrodinger's cat now. Right? Basically, like, yeah, what he's suggesting. They're both alive
0: and both dead. Yeah, they're both they're both infected and both not.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, I just didn't want to say the, the, the Schrodinger's box deal cause, or cat because uh, I couldn't remember. I, I had a blank there. And I
0: couldn't remember what it was. I'm glad to make the hot tag on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with excellent. that. Excellent.
1: Uh, so, Ophidian, where can other than uh, the Patreon for uh, Closet Champion and Bumping Bump Gride, where can people find you on social media?
3: Uh, you can find me at Ophidian Cobra across all of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Uh you can also um find my YouTube series, Ring Shape, which appears on the Chakara Live YouTube channel and their social media um as well on you know Chakara Pro on Facebook, and, you know, uh, Facebook and uh Twitter. Uh I also post it as well, but it goes to Chakara first before it goes to me.
1: And you can also find him on the IndieCast YouTube channel because of the animated episode where he fought a griffin with uh, the Goblin Glider. That's right. And you can also find him on the Horrible Horrors YouTube channel uh, because he and his lovely wife had to watch a very, very shitty movie from the late 80s and talk about it. So... (laughs) I was going to say, my favorite part of that is uh, we made Kate a fart breath t-shirt, and I've yet to see any photos of it. I'm assuming she threw it out of a moving car window, because that movie is really awful. She gave it to a homeless person. She did. She was so that you made that incentive to it. Not only
3: she was she full of uh, full of joy, but then also like I can't actually wear this in public, can I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, why, why not? Well, If anyone was going to start that as a fashion trend, I think it's Kate Nash could start yeah. Yeah. Touche. wearing a shirt that says "fart breath" on it. Thank you, Prime Evil. Right you. out of it.
3: Yes.
1: Alright <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ophidian, thank you so much for being on the show. I hope everyone at uh, home listening, were at the gym listening, or. In the car listening or wherever the hell you're listening to this. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed. Go catch Ophidian live. He's wrestling all over the goddamn world. He might be fighting Reptilicus in Deutschland. Who knows?
0: Especially if you're down here in Florida, you yeah. got a couple of really good shows to look forward to there. No so. kidding,
1: and uh
2: they going to say really big reptiles for some reason? I don't like
1: that. <laughs> well, um, he we might know. fight a gatorland. You don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's got a bone to pick with that reptile too. You got Dinosaur World not too far away either. True, yeah. Really go go kick the shit out of that tourist trap. Anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Indie Cast. Uh, for Luna, for Shelly and Chad Allen, I'm Zach Romero for O'Fitty and the Cobra. Saying, Deuces. Deuces.